Translation. Because the supreme personality of Godhead was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere in the palace where she was confined. Seeing her jubilant, pure and smiling, Kamsa thought, the supreme personality of Godhead, Vishnu, who is now within her, will kill me. Devaki has never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. (coughs) So I say, and you can repeat, because the Supreme Personality of Godhead was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere in the place where she was confined. Seeing her jubilant, <coughs> pure and smiling, comes a thought. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu, who is now within her, will kill me. Devaki has never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami, Srila Prabhupada. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 4.7, Yada yadahi dharmasya glanirbhavati bharata abhyutthanam adharmasya tadatmanam srijami aham. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bharata, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time, I descend myself. In this age, at the trans... No, close quotes. This, that was Krishna talking. In this age, at the present moment, there are inordinate discrepancies in the discharge of human duties. Human life is meant for God-realization, but, unfortunately, the materialistic civilization is stressing only the senses of the body not understanding the living force within the body. As clearly stated in Bhagavad Gita, Dehino Sminyata Dehi, within the body is the body's proprietor, the living force, which is more important. But human society has become so fallen that instead of understanding the living force within the body, people have become busy with external things. This is a discrepancy in human duties. Therefore, Krishna has taken birth or taken shelter in the womb of this Krishna consciousness movement. I repeat that. Therefore, Krishna has taken birth or taken shelter within the womb of the Krishna consciousness movement. Men of Kamsa's class, therefore, are very much afraid and are busy trying to stop this movement, especially in the Western countries. One politician has remarked that the Krishna consciousness movement is spreading like an epidemic, and that if not checked immediately, within 10 years it may capture governmental power. There is, of course, such potency in the Krishna consciousness movement. As stated by authorities, Authorities. Listen to what Prabhupada considers an authority. Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi 
17.22. Kali kale nama rupe Krishna avatara. In this age, Krishna has appeared in this Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Actually, that verse says, if I remember correctly, correct me if someone knows better, uh, that uh, Krishna, uh, that the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra was the incarnation of Krishna. Krishna incarnated into the Maha Mantra. Is that correct? I think that's, no, that's the same, isn't it? Well, maybe it is. I'll argue with you later. <laughs> See the kind of things devotees argue about? They argue about Krishna. Isn't it nice? But you're right, I'm sure. <laughs> so Krishna has appeared in this Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. The Krishna consciousness movement is spreading like wildfire all over the world, and it will go on doing so. Men who are like Kamsa are very much afraid of the movement's progress and acceptance by the younger generation. But as Krishna could not be killed by Kamsa, this movement cannot be checked by men of Kamsa's class. The movement will go on increasing more and more, provided the leaders of the movement remain firmly Krishna conscious by following the regulative principles and the primary activities of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Regularly. Prabhupada has a way of making things perfectly clear. Isn't it? Once again, the verse Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere in the, in the place where she was confined. Seeing her jubilant, pure, and smiling comes the thought. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, is now within her, and he will kill me. Devaki was never before, has never looked, uh, never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. Om Unmilitam Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dananti Swapadantikam very, very interesting uh, verse and purport. <clears throat> uh, because the Supreme Personality of Godhead was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere. Uh, I think it was uh, Tuesday, day before yesterday in class, we spoke of this uh, process of initiation. The process of initiation is clearly outlined in the, the 18th verse. Yeah. The 18th verse. The process of, of initiation, as I said, is uh, sometimes mistake, mistaken early in the game when we become devotees and we aspire to become uh, initiated. Uh, we think, gee whiz, if I become initiated... I get this really cool new name that nobody, all my friends won't be able to pronounce it, so that'll set me apart from everybody else. And then, um, as Axel Prabhu pointed out, we get a, also along with that, we get a really neat nickname because they'll shorten that name, you see. So we, I get a, a, a very unique nickname. So this, <clears throat> this uh, initiation process will add uniquity 
to my character amongst my friends, you see. Uh, so, however, the process of initiation was described that uh, Krishna was given to Devaki through the mind of Vasudeva. Vasudeva had Krishna in his heart. And from his mind, he gave Krishna to Devaki. And Srila Prabhupada actually says in the verse uh, that this was, thus she was initiated. <clears throat> and Srila Prabhupada explained, this is the process of initiation. Uh, when, it's going to, when, when one is going to take initiation, he finds a bona fide spiritual master who can give Krishna from the heart into, from his mind, and then from his mind, raise from the heart into his mind and give Krishna to you, you see. Now you may say, well, I already have Krishna. I already have Paramatma in my heart. Yes, but what do you know? What do you know about Paramatma, you see? What is this process? I was born in the same place all the rest of you were. Well, not quite, but it's kind of like that, in the darkness of ignorance. We all were born in the same place, the darkness of ignorance. But my spiritual master opened my eyes with what? The torchlight of knowledge. So with the torchlight of knowledge, the guru, the a bona fide spiritual master, shows you Krishna. You have Krishna with you. He gives Krishna <clears throat> through his mind into your mind, through the torchlight of knowledge, you see. So it could be argued by some people. As I travel around, there are many uh, uh, yoga studios that I uh, sometimes preach in. And the yoga studios are full of people who know it all. They really don't need me. They're just coming because uh, it's a cool gathering. There's going to be a lot of cool folks there, and there's going to be some cool food and some kirtan. Everybody knows kirtan is, uh, oh, wait a minute, they don't use that word cool anymore. What's the? Awesome, yeah. They know kirtan is awesome, so we've got to show up for that. And uh, there's this guy there, and they all think I'm a swami, so I'm the swami of the week or the swami of the month, and, and they come in, and sometimes they'll sit. You know, you'll see many of them. You've probably noticed if you've preached in uh, these yoga. They'll sit in these full lotus asanas, you know, and they're doing all these things. Or, or, you know, they're doing all these things while I'm talking. It's a little distracting, but I think it's kind of funny. It's, it's distracting because it's kind of funny. I, I sometimes want to stop and say, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, they're doing all this you know, it's just, you know. And uh, the impression that they're giving is that I, I don't really need this. I already have this, you know. Uh, I already know God. Ha! Huh. Like, who doesn't? Like, get with it. Whatever. <laughs> you know? So, I have to laugh. And I'm thinking that you poor soul, you have never seen yourself. You see? One who has God and one who knows God, what does he look like? What does he talk like? How does he walk? Huh? We have a, for instance, sitting amongst us, you see. This is the uh, someone who knows God. Someone would be like that. And you may say, well, but 
Somebody that knows God wouldn't necessarily be wearing sheets, you know, bed clothing. What the heck's that got to do with spiritual life? You see? Oh, well, you can tell uh, if you see an attorney in the courtroom, what's he wearing? He's wearing the appropriate attire for an attorney. If you go into an operating room, huh? then the doctor is wearing appropriate attire for what he's doing and who he is. If you go into uh, a veterinary hospital, they're wearing appropriate attire. To, you know, huh? you see a policeman, he's wearing appropriate attire for what he is doing. I mean, I can go on, but this would be boring. It's starting to bore me. So I'm sure it's starting to bore you. So my point is, why should we, uh, when we come into the house of God, why should we say, well, let's just show up, whatever, you know, today I'm in a shorts mood or I'm in a this mood or, you know. I remember back in the 70s, I was preaching to some young men. <clears throat> they started coming to the temples. I would take them to temples uh, when I would go. And uh, I noticed uh, that they would always come, and these were businessmen. These were middle-class good earners. They had good money. They weren't poor at all. But whenever we went to the temple, they would be wearing cut-off jeans, you know, f- f- strings hanging down at the end. They, not, not shorts you buy off, cut-off, cut-off jeans and T-shirts, faded T-shirts. You know, this is their time to kind of... Let it all hang out, get kind of cool and groovy, uh, awesome, you know, to look awesome, you see. So one time after a couple of times I said to them, why is it that when you uh, go to work, you put on, you guys wear these really nice suits, you know. But when we come to the house of God, the rest of us are wearing our spiritual attire, and you let your knees hang out and you wear your... You know, your cut-off jeans. Is this any respect to God? Is this your offering to God? You see? And from that day forward, they never uh, they never wore the jeans again. They started wearing dhotis. I taught them how to put on dhotis. And 35 years later, they're st- still putting on dhotis. So... Uh, my point is, there is a, uh, an a appropriate attire to go before the Supreme Lord. According to your sincerity. If I really don't care, if I went to meet the President of the United States, I don't think I would put on uh, cut-off jeans. Out of respect for the President, I might put on a clean dhoti. You see, I might wear my Sunday best. Out of, the, out of respect for the Supreme Lord, we put on our Sunday bests. Of course, our Sunday best we wear on Wednesdays, you see, because it's we go every day, you see. So um, depending on your level of sincerity, what is your offering to God? It would depend on how you might dress. I see some Prabhus who come to the temple in, in uh, yogi pants, which is kind of, it's fine, you know. For the programs, though, I... You know, I question that. I question if it's proper, you see. But if you can, put on nice clothing. So, And I'm, I'm saying that, this, uh, I bring that up because there are some people who sometimes, from time to time as I move around the country, they say, well, you know, you know, the spiritual attire, we don't really need this, you know. 
We don't need that. We don't need so much that you guys are doing. You guys are doing so many things. And, and I just don't know if this is, uh, but I want you to be like me. Let's all sit on the floor, do these yoga positions and make all these weird moves. You know, I'm the guy that knows everything and, and you don't. And as I look at the guy wearing his, his shorts and his, you know, some kind of a T-shirt that says something about a rock and roll band or something, I'm thinking, yes, I am so impressed that you know the Supreme Lord, Godhead. Yeah? We can see uh, in people's lives, the people, I, I wish I could had counted the people that, that, that told me that they knew the Supreme Lord. You know, that I could fill this room with them. And if you look at their, their poor, pathetic lives, you realize, no, you don't. You're so unfortunate. You're so unfortunate. Because we can tell, <laughs> you see. It, it, um, it's just like, you can, can you imagine going up to a nuclear physicist and starting to talk about nuclear fission and you know nothing about it? You think, well, I know a little bit. You know, I know if you plug that in over here and then this over here, you'll get a big bang, you know. But you don't know anything about it. Uh, I have seen people who will speak as if they know when they know nothing. It's so unfortunate, you see. Uh, and they say that they know, they know, they know. Unfortunately, they don't. This is the nature of the materially conditioned soul. We're in the darkness of ignorance, you see. Uh, how did we get out of the darkness? If we're out of the darkness or coming out of the darkness, how did we do it? You know, was it some like, uh, did we find a bona fide spiritual master? Bona fide spiritual master could be Krishna's pure devotee, Lord Jesus Christ, someone that can direct you. Well, what what saves us? What who are our authorities? Guru, Shadu, Shastra. You see, those are the authorities. We don't stray from that. We don't take authorities other than Guru, Shadu, Shastra. So, unfortunately, when someone comes along with some new idea, you know, we need to change, you know, how you do this or how you do that. I say, all right, um, were you told that by your guru? Oh, I don't have a guru. Oh, okay. Well, were you told that by a shadu? Well, no, no. Did you read it in the Shastras? Well, no, but it it really ought to be. (laughs) Now, where would we be in ISKCON? Where would we be today taking what Srila Prabhupada brought us in 1965, in all these years, where would we be if we deviated every time, which has been, it would probably add up to the millions by now since 1965, that some know-it-all has come along and told us how we should do things because you guys look so different. <clears throat> Back in the 70s, it was very, very different than it is now. Huh? We couldn't walk down the street hardly without somebody screaming at us, get a job, you stupid hippie. You know, I mean, we were, uh, as, as Prabhupada is pointing out in this purport here, uh, one politician, the politicians were scared. 
One politician remarked that if these guys aren't checked, they're going to they may take over the government. You know, you don't know what it was like. It was kind of crazy. You know, they accused us of brainwashing. They accused uh, Srila Prabhupada and the uh, International Society of Krishna Consciousness, they accused us of brainwashing. Why? Because as Devaki was showing this uh, beautiful, she illuminated the entire atmosphere in the place where she was confined. The devotees, when they became uh, Krishna conscious, would take on a glow, actually, as we were talking Tuesday. And have you ever noticed the faces of someone right after their initiation? They do have a glow. Have you ever noticed? They look aglow. You see, they have been washed. You know, swaha. They're throwing their sins into the mouth of Vishnu. Between Guru and Vishnu, they walk away from the fire yagya. They're completely pure. Therefore, they have taken on a glow. They have started to realize somewhat, a little bit, first step towards realizing Krishna within. Therefore, as we're hearing from Devaki, as Devaki was initiated, her husband gave her Krishna. You know, well, somebody may say, well, why, was it her, why, why wasn't she giving it to him? You know, because he had Krishna. He had Krishna. Krishna had come to him, and he gave Krishna to her, you see, through this process of initiation. So she took on the glow. The devotee takes on a glow. All right, so then you've got to be doing something to these people because it was much worse back in the 70s. People were uh, into sex, drugs, rock and roll, uh, acid and marijuana and so many things and you know, all types of intoxication, walking around like crazy hippies, wearing any kind of crazy cloth, whatever event they ever wanted to go to. And then they came in contact with Srila Prabhupada and his movement, and then their long hairs come off, nice shiny heads shaved with shika, clean spiritual cloth. Very, you know, they had washed their bodies. They're wearing clean cloth with tilak chanting Hare Krishna, and yes, maybe even a little bit of a glow, you see. So uh, the demonic forces say, this can't be, there's got to be some trickery here, you see. You can't give up material enjoyment and enjoy. That's not possible. You, to, in, in order to enjoy, you've got to enjoy material uh, sense gratification. So they're, they're brainwashing these people. You see, so we were seen as a threat, even by the government. And I could go on and on. Sometimes if you want some stories, I'll tell you some stories of how we fought these people. Uh, we would involve George Harrison. So, Srila um, Prabhupada makes uh, so many... Um, so many good points here. I, I, I don't think I can do justice to all of them, but I'll try. Um, Srila Prabhupada has the talent of making so many points in so, in so few words that sometimes it's, it's impossible to uh, comprehend the whole thing in one sitting. So, But please bear with, with me. 
Uh, there is a discrepancy in human duties. Uh, therefore, Krishna has taken shelter within the womb of the Krishna consciousness movement. Uh, this has been said before, as as uh, Krishna says in this verse, yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhutanam dharmasya tadatmanam sujamiyam. So Krishna says, whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bharata, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Sometimes people may say, well, we can see the current day. This is exactly the state of, of uh, the world. There is a definite uh, decline in religious practice. They're taking prayer out of schools. They want to take, in God we trust, off the money. They want to, you know... It, on and on and on and on. It's just like something new every day that they want to de-god the society. They want to de-emphasize religion <clears throat> in God. So there is obviously a decline in religious practice um, and a predominant rise of irreligion. We can see uh, there many politicians are struggling so hard to have late-term abortions, uh, even the... Uh, what do they call them? Uh, partial birth abortion. You know, so there's people fighting for that. Uh, there are many wars that are being fought, not for any particular purpose except for profit. You see, uh, we so we can see that that this is going on. So someone may say, "Well, if Krishna says whenever and whenever wherever there is this these uh, uh, situations, that I de- descend myself." So where is he? Uh, Srila Prabhupada has pointed out there are many places within Srimad Bhagavatam where he points out that Krishna has descended in the form of this Krishna consciousness movement, which was initiated by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 500 years ago. You see, yes, Krishna is here. Srila Prabhupada points out in the ninth canto that this Krishna consciousness movement is Krishna. He says those words. It is Krishna. And when you're acting in this uh, uh, Krishna consciousness movement, you are an instrument of Krishna. When you're serving Iskhan, you are serving Krishna. Someone may say, well, this is just some, you know, you sound like a fanatic. I'm repeating the words in the purports, uh, the latter part of the ninth canto. As a matter of fact, one of the, the time before last when I was here, we were in the ninth canto, and I gave class on, on that very verse. Where it talks, Krishna uh, has uh, he, he's descended in the form of this Krishna consciousness movement, and it was initiated by Lord Chaitanya. You see, and it will last for ten thousand years. The ten, the uh, the golden age of Lord Chaitanya. You see, so, and we've also heard that Krishna has incarnated as the Mahamantra. Now, we were talking the other day, I was talking with someone about, uh, sometimes comments are made, Srila Prabhupada said, you can chant the name of God. Yes, whatever you're, you, if it's bona fide name of God, you can chant. That is bona, if it's bona fide. If you say, well, I always call Bob Fred, I mean, I always call God Fred or Bob, you know. You know, I like to call God Freddy. So I'm just going to, and I think his nickname is Bob. 
So Freddie Bob God. You know, so I'm going to chant, Freddie Bob God, Freddie Bob God, Freddie Bob God, you know, and I'll get there just to, you know, well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that ticket won't get you on the train. That's not going to work. Or as they say down here in Texas, that puppy won't hunt. <laughs> so, no, you can't just concoct. There are bona fide names of God. Yes, there are. Uh, if you can find them and pronounce them properly, then they'll, they'll have some impact. Sometimes the question is put, is it, is it, uh, are they exactly the same? Uh, a learned man may know that answer. I'm not learned enough to know. I have to say, all I know is that it says here in my authority, Prabhupada said, stated by the authorities, uh, in this age, Krishna has appeared in the, in the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. That's all I know. I'm not a very intelligent or learned person. So in my authorities, the, the scriptures, that's what it says, that Krishna <clears throat> has appeared in this Mahamantra. He's incarnated in this Mahamantra. Now, is your, uh, whatever you're chanting, your names of God, is it of, of the same potency? That's above my pay grade. I don't know. However, we, we do know that this is true. We accept this from Krishna's pure devotee. We accept it from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We accept it from, uh, from the scriptures. So uh, that's all we can say. If you chant Hare Krishna, you will be delivered. You really don't have to do anything else. Srila Prabhupada, is, in his closing verse here, Prabhupada says, that this movement cannot be checked by uh, people of Kamsa's class. The movement will go on increasing more and more, provided the leaders of the movement remain firmly Krishna conscious by following the regulative principles and the primary activities, the primary activities of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra regularly. These are our primary activities. If we didn't chant Hare Krishna, we would not be the Hare Krishna movement. We might be the Freddie Bob God movement or the Brand X, you know. We could coin something else and maybe make it. But it's <laughs> if we follow Guru Shadu Shastra, right here in the Shastra, it said by, saying by the Guru, who is a Shadu, he's saying that the primary activity of chanting Hare Krishna. That's our primary purpose. Just chant Hare Krishna, Prabhupada would say. If you have time, chant Hare Krishna. It will cure everything. We first take shelter of the holy name. We take shelter of the holy name. You see, that that is our shelter. So uh, I think I can pause and see if there are any questions or comments. Yes, Prabhu? Hare Krishna. Turn the switch on. <laughs> One. Yeah. Um, 
you had mentioned fanaticism, and it's always interesting because the only people that ever called me a fanatic, okay, you had mentioned fanaticism, and I always found it interesting that the only people who call me a fanatic are other devotees. And um, it's true. And I always retort with, well, does that mean that Jayadwaita Swami is a fanatic? Oh, no, he's not a fanatic. What about Srila Prabhupada? No, 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 he's not a fanatic. <laughs> you're a fanatic. Why? Well, look at everything you're doing, you know. <laughs> and, and I always found that, uh, and I'm, I'm no one to say who is or who is not a fanatic. I, I don't even understand that word because... The, everyone that's called me a fanatic is usually um, they don't chant the rounds, and so I had this realization that um, that fanaticism apparently uh, comes with kind of how to say, but kind of getting fanatic about it uh, to dive into it, you know. Like, the thing is, is that I don't know, when you chant your rounds, when you chant your rounds, you can't help but get more involved. Right. You see what I'm saying? And yet... More uh, in love. More and more in love. More and more in love. You get totally involved with, uh, with this process. Because that's what chanting Hare Krishna does. And especially if you start chanting your rounds and all that... And, and I've always noticed <laughs> that when I'm criticized for being a fanatic, and I've done it myself, uh, I've criticized those for being fanatics too, but yet we'll stop when it comes to an elder Vaishnav, someone who's completely committed, uh, things of that nature. Well, it and, might, because it might be an offense to call him a fanatic. <laughs> right. But, I mean, who are you? So I can offend you. I'm not worried about offending you. See that mentality? Well, I used to take offense to it, but now I don't. I, I, I actually I have had realization that, that, yeah, I'm actually complimented by it. I don't mind. But if, I, if and you I, look it up in the dictionary, if you I, look up fanatic in the dictionary, and I, someone calls me a fanatic, I say, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. it well, it's one of those words that's mutated. Mm-hmm. And our take society, a negative connotation. Our society of human beings has this way of mutating language. And if we, uh, I, I, could, I could give a whole class on that, which would have very little to do with Krishna, but there's no sense in going. But I can give some examples, like the word terrific. You know, what, did you, what do you think of, you know, uh, my new sorry? Oh, it's terrific. You look it up in a dictionary that's uh, 50 years old, and the word is terrific, terrific, full of terror, frightening, horrible. But now it's terrific. Uh, and this one, this one, now we've seen the, the murder of a really good word. Awesome. Everything is awesome. It's a really awesome day. Really uh, awesome shoes. Awesome book, awesome, 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 awesome. You know, sometimes I think if I hear that word again, I'm just going to put my head through the wall. 
Everything is awesome. But no, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's not awesome. Awesome is a word that's reserved for something like God. Awe, full of awe. You know, through the mentality of the people nowadays, they probably don't even understand the word awe. They think you're saying awe. They don't, you know. So it's a lack of lack of uh, uh, intelligence. The, the, the language mutates. So fanatic, which used to be, which might describe somebody in a, a flattering way, is now, well, you're a fanatic. You see, if I take the word and talk to someone ignorant and say it in a, in, in a, in a certain tone, it takes on a new meaning. Well, you're a fanatic. Whereas maybe a few years ago, someone might have said, wow, you're a fanatic. You're a fanatic about this religion. And you would say, well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Well, now they say, oh, you're just a fanatic. You see, twisting. Huh? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another point. Fanatic about what? If you're fanatic about the Super Bowl, well, that's really, oh, I was going to say cool. That's really awesome. But if you're a fanatic about God, well, then that's, that's ridiculous. That's unawesome. What's, what is it? Is there a bad word? What do you say? What's the opposite of awesome nowadays? Gross? Gross? Okay, so you're not, instead of awesome, you're gross or whatever. Yeah. See, so the language, the language is a moving target nowadays. Give it a few years, you can see it, when you as, one one advantage of being a little older. Old age does have some advantages, believe it or not. But you get to see history. It really does have some advantages. You know, it's hard to stand up, but you get to see. You actually get to see what's happening in the world. You get to see, for instance. I've recognized through my life that language is a moving target. It's always moving. It's always changing. And every generation thinks they understand. You know, when the previous generation, they thought they had this. And then the previous, you know, I'm in Maya and I believe I'm right. My parents were in Maya. They believed that they believed that they were right. Their parents were in Maya. They believed that they were right. That is the nature of the material world. The people here, people in Maya, don't know that they're in Maya, you see. Only the devotee, the fanatic, may say, you know, I think I'm in Maya. If you, if you say to some devotee and you say, you know, how are you? Ha, I'm in blissful Krishna consciousness. You think, wait a minute, there's something wrong here, you know. I mean, they may be feeling some bliss, but the devotee has this feel, this understanding. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. I'm not out of it yet. I'm stumbling my way out of this darkness. There is a, the, the torchlight of knowledge has been lit by my spiritual master, but I sometimes refuse to, to, to look that way because I want to look back at my attachments. I want to look back at the things that brought me to the, into the darkness, my isms, you know, all of my isms that I stood for, communism, nationalism, feminism, blah, 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 and this, 
you know, the garbage that we bring with us. We don't want to check it at the door. You know, it's like the, whole, the, the torchlight of knowledge is, is, is held up, and we want to say, oh, uh, take that away. You know, I'm too busy. You know, instead of working on this, Krishna's great. Yeah, Hare Krishna, no, 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 okay. All right, now, I wanted to talk about all my stuff that I brought with me here. I got my causes here. I know Lord Chaitanya's got a cause, and Srila Prabhupada has a cause. But I'm going to talk about my causes that I've had all my life, and I'm going to bring them. And you think, well, but that's, where, that's what got you where you are. Darkness of ignorance. That will not get you out of the darkness of ignorance. You have to stand for something substantial. People want to stand for something. Stand for something substantial. What is substantial? Something spiritual. What is spiritual? Krishna and topics related to Krishna and how to get people out of the darkness of ignorance. That's substantial. If you don't stand for something substantial, you'll fall for anything. If you don't stand for something substantial, you'll fall for anything nonsense. And you'll go off on all these little causes. If you become a devotee of Krishna, then all these causes that you could possibly stand for are taken care of. Animals' rights, the environment, the devotee. If the devotees were in charge, the environment would be totally clean. If the devotees were in charge of the world, the animals would not be mistreated. If the devotees were in charge of the world, the women would not feel mistreated. Nor would the all the other whatever, you know, all the groups that feel like, well, we need special this and we need special interest here. We have a special movement and I'm dedicating my life to this. But if the devotees, if the pure devotees were ruling the planet, all of these things are taken care of. Every living entity would be respected properly. Not just this one or that one or whatever. Does that make any sense? Did you have a question, Jakeshav? <clears throat> it's a comment pertaining to leadership. Um, I was just thinking about a lecture I heard about duty. And Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita as well, just, just to educate the people in general, one should perform his duty. Even Krishna performs his duty or else he would be the cause of ruination, etc., etc. And from duty then comes love, that we cannot perform sanatana dharma by jumping over dharma. We cannot perform our eternal duty by jumping over the little things we have to do. And um, so as far as leadership is concerned, even if we may be Uttama Adhikaris, where we have spontaneous love for Krishna. Just to set the example, as Sri Prabhupada is saying in that, just to accept the example. Because people, again, monkey see, monkey do. Yad yad acharati shrishtas. Whatever the leader does, the followers will definitely follow. So it's not a popularity contest that, yay, I'm a leader, look at me. But what are your activities? What are your actions? What are your standards? What are your etc., etc., etc.? So that just really came to mind as I was listening to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think every time I hear, um, as I go around all over the country, I hear it all over the country, every place I go. You know, there's some genius that's got a better way that something we should do differently. I'm thinking, you know, why don't you become purified 
uh, walk into the torchlight of knowledge, walk into the light, come out of the darkness, and, and, but preserve that desire that you have to lead. But find, first get the knowledge and then come here and lead. We need leaders everywhere. We need leaders. You know, so many places. I'm thinking I can open a temple here and I can open a temple there, but I need somebody to lead here and I need somebody to lead there. Somebody that is out of the darkness. We don't need somebody walking around in the darkness trying to lead. <laughs> you know, we need somebody who will walk into the light and lead, who will take the, the torchlight of knowledge. All right, if there's nothing else, I think uh, there's probably some bellies grumbling and time, it's time to feed them, huh? Time for breakfast? Die. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.
Oh, 